Next Chapter Podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in zero sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The 500. The 500. Talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. With my man JM. On the 500. Talking the 500 until the end. You thought you found a friend to take you out of this place. Someone you could land. It's a beautiful day. Oh my god, I remember this song coming out and then the radio and MTV and every commercial about Valtrax or her heart disease or anything would use this song. It is a good one. It's is a beautiful day by you two from all that you can't leave behind that came out in 2000 and it's number 280 on the 500. What's up party people? It's me, fearless leader Josh Adam Myers. I'm the comic that decided to take Rolling Stone magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums and listen to an album a day and then I said, "You know what? There's money in this. Let's turn it into a podcast." And here we are. We are making waves, man. Isn't that crazy? We're at 280. What was, somebody right now, what was number 498? You got it? Without looking, BB King, live at Cook County Jail. Yeah, man. I just got back from LA. Like literally, I was in Milwaukee all weekend. Thank you to everybody at the Laughing Tap for the incredible weekend. You guys, I mean, Matt and Caitlin are just just so great. And I had such a good time. And then got a huge thanks to everybody at the Comedy Store. God bless your souls, Richie and Emily and Brittany and and just the band and Burr and uh, Bobby Lee. We sang, uh, me and Bobby sang, I Believe I Can Fly by R. Kelly. And it might have been the greatest moment of my life. And we're doing another one February 26th with Burr at the Comedy Store. 
And we'll be doing a shimmy on the 27th. And I'm going to be in LA for a minute. I'm going to do some episodes of Himbos with Justin. If you haven't listened to Himbos, it's a totally different podcast than this, but just a great vibe. It's all the stuff that I'm into. Fitness, fashion, you know, testosterone. It's just great. So go to at Himbos Podcast on all social media. Check us out. Great podcast. If you And I'm, I'm promoting the shit out of this one on it. And I, I really want to see a merging of fans. Because these are two really, really fun things that I do, and, and I love all of you guys. All right, I'm, I need to go to bed. All right, let's do what's next on the thing that I'm supposed to talk about. Are you, or have you, or will you subscribe to our Patreon? We need your money. $5 or more a month really, really helps out the show. Um, Fleece Army, we appreciate you supporting. So go to patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. We love you to death. I am sorry if my words are coming out like this. I am, I've literally gotten six hours over the last two days. On Saturday, I, over Sunday when I was flying to LA at 6 a.m., I got home after my show at like midnight and I was like, all right, I'm packed. I can go to bed. And what did I do? I turned on TNT and they were playing Back to the Future. So what did I do? I watched every morsel of that movie. Then... I'm like, all right, it's over, finally. I can get about an hour and a half of sleep before 4 a.m. before I have to wake up. And then Spaceballs was on. I, I don't know what you want me to do, guys. Like, I, I, I live in the moment. I live by no rules. You got to watch them. And then I got on the airplane, and I put a movie on. I put on, it was a five-hour flight. I put on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I fell asleep right when they got to the temple, and I woke up uh, right as they were handling the doom. And then last night, which was the jam, I just, not the jam, it was the shimmy. Late show, hung out with a lady, no sleep. Sleep on the plane. We'll sleep when we die, but we know what we can sleep on? The Patreon. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. Support the show, everybody. We need your help. A lot of great people working on it. We need more ad sales. I've got dates. I will be in North Carolina in March. I will be in South Carolina in March. I will be in... London, a lot of cool stuff coming up. Go to joshadammyers.com for tickets and follow me at joshadammyers on all social media. All right, let's get to this record. Uh, U2. U2 is one of those bands that, you know, you love them or you hate them. I think they're a very divided band. I think there's just as many people that hate them that loves them. And there's so much to hate about them, you know? There really is, but there really is a lot of stuff to love about them. I think the stuff to love about them supersedes the stuff that hate about them. And when we were looking for a guest, uh, and the first time we did it, we did it with Phoebe Robinson, who was fantastic. And I was really, really lucky to to nail down this guest, who is uh, a new friend of mine that I am so excited to be able to call a friend because he's just such a cool dude. The one and only Verdas. He's got a brand new special called Landing uh, on Netflix. He is, he's an actor. He's been on uh, Judd Apatow's The Bubble. Verdas is one of the most worldwide comedians I think that we've had on this podcast because he plays all over the world. He is hilarious. Uh, We met at a couple festivals and we've just hit it off here in New York at the Comedy Cellar. And to be able to sit down and chill and know that this dude is like a undercover rock star. It was really cool. And I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and leave us a five-star rating. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Go to joshadammyers.com for tickets. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. All right, kitty kitties. All that you leave behind by you two at 280.
We finally yeah, did it. We finally did it. <laughs> Walk on. I'm so sorry it took this long, man. No, dude. I Listen, first of all, this is not a record I was looking forward to. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, too. That's the thing is I love you, too. I just always looked at this record. Yeah, we're jumping right in. We are jumping okay, let's go. right into this Mamma Jamma. I, I look at you two as like a band that has created some of arguably one of the greatest records that, that music has ever known. I think the Joshua tree is a perfect album from start yeah. to fit. I mean, where the streets have no name, like every time I listen to it, I get emotional. And if I watch the, if I watch the Super Bowl performance uh, after 9-11, mm-hmm. I tear up. I watched it a couple of days ago just to prep for this. And I was like, God damn, dude, they rule. But there was something about this record that just I never latched onto. I think I even started to hate A Beautiful Day because it was just so like it was everywhere. It was every commercial. It was in everything. But I'm trying to separate the album from the artist and be like, okay, well, I still can respect like everything else. So, so is it because it was so commercialized that you hate it? Or is it like purely a, at a musical level that you hate it? That's a good question. Right. You might've stumped me. I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> I think it's column A and column B to be completely honest with you. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I started listening to this. The more I started listening to it, the more I'm like, Oh, it's not that bad. It really isn't. Yeah. It's actually, it's actually a good record. Um, but then, but then they like it, it's used as the soundtrack for like Xanax or some sort of pharmaceutical commercial. Then you're like, like, fuck these people. You know, like it represents medication now. It's like, it's do you have IBS? Do you yeah. need do you need uh, the pain in your stomach to be reduced? Please try Zaphylax. Walk on, <laughs> walk on. But let's go back to the beginning because we've got so much to talk about. And and dude, I'm okay. stoked that you're doing this, man. Like, uh, you know, so so when we were talking with uh, with Reg to to mm-hmm. set this up, and we gave you a list of records, this is one of the first ones that that came back. So so like, are you a huge YouTube fan? I am, and it's largely because I think like an American artist had, because I grew up in like Africa and India, right? So an American artist truly had to like touch the fucking stratosphere for him to wind up over there, you know, in in like a uh, pre-Western radio, MTV just coming into India kind of a place. Like they were literally just playing like Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, U2, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, you know? And so I think it's just for that. Like they might've been like the fifth Western band that I really got into. And yeah, like where the streets have no name and uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for is kind of the first thing that was there. But I mean, what I like about them is they took like class, like if you think of edges, like guitar sound, yeah, it's, it's sort of like, uh, it's not hard classic rock. It's kind of like Al Green soul sometimes, you know, yeah. it, it's it's like a very muted distortion. And I was like, oh, this is weak like me. Uh, <laughs> and, and I can relate to this. I think that's what I liked about it. No, I well, I wanna I wanna actually start with what where you, you said. So you you were born in Africa and then raised in India or vice versa? I was, uh, I think my parents can smell happiness. The minute I'm happy some way, they fucking move me. Uh, <laughs> and so I was born in India in a very privileged house. And then they took me to Africa. So I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria. 
and then uh, sort of public school in India and then college in America. So that's kind of my uh, my track. Little known fact uh, that I don't know if you know this, but this is for the fans that are listening who have been following along on this podcast. You said uh, Lagos. Did I say that right? Nigeria. Lagos, yeah. Nigeria. That is Jeremiah. That is where Paul McCartney went to record uh, Band on the Run. That record is that the, the You Can Call Me Al album? Is that no, the no, one? no? You're thinking, no, you're thinking yeah. of Paul Simon, dude. Oh, shit, dude. sorry. Uh, okay, and yeah, we, so, my bad. And we hate Paul Simon on this podcast because we <laughs> are fans. So, Los Lobos, do you remember Graceland? Do you remember that record? Yeah. It's that's the yeah. one, the song that you just did right there. Like, you can call me Bidden yeah. which that song slaps. I'm not going to take anything away from that, but from doing this podcast, when we got to the Los Lobos record, um. This is this is like years ago. Uh, we found out that Paul Simon hired Los Lobos to help them to help him work on the record, and okay. they literally they literally wrote like a couple songs with him. And on the album, he didn't credit them with any writing credits, so they didn't get any money. And then they tried to sue him, and I'm, that's where it gets a little foggy, and my memory goes a little soft. I don't know if but it's I like, feel like that guy's had a career where everything he does, everybody claims that somebody else should take like Garfunkel. There's like violent yeah. fucking Garfunkel fans <laughs> out there in the world. And they're like, Garfunkel was the genius. And I'm like, yes, but he also sounds like a nine-year-old girl. Oh, like he, he's not a, a, a solo <laughs> vocalist. He's only a harmony accompanist at best. All right. Bruh. But I feel like Paul Simon, A, because he's short and yeah. balding, people shat yeah. on him. Okay. And then he just kind of, you know, hung out with good collaborators and people like the collaborators better, which I think is both. Shit. Yeah. All right. So yeah, me and you see, that's the thing is that me and you are both connecting with Paul Simon on the short <laughs> King status. Cause we're both about five, yeah. nine, five, nine, maybe, yeah. maybe with lifts on about five, 10, but listen, yeah. I'm, I'm team Garfunkel all the fucking way. <laughs> Hashtag team Garfunkel to all the people listening. I, I, here's the thing. And it's, I have no real ill will towards Paul Simon, but man, do, did the fans get riled up? Like, this is like two years ago, dude. It was like a yeah. movement on this podcast where they were like, fuck Paul Simon. And then it was so funny. It got to the point where I took my dog to visit my mom in Maryland. And it was the first time my dog had ever experienced snow. And the and I made like a like a like a Instagram reel to it. And I put Kodachrome, which is such a great song. And dude, I can't tell you how many fucking people like message me and DM me like, dude, what are you doing, man? We're team Garfunkel, bro. <laughs> like, you know that. I'm like, yeah, all right. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so wait, so all right, so going oh, by back, the way, we have a Paul Simon album coming up in April. Do we really Paul, self-titled Paul Simon? Paul Simon. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I don't know what we're like a, like a retrospective album or like a, a new tracks album, like fresh material. Oh, it's you know, gonna be older 1972. stuff. 1972. Yeah, dude. The newest shit that's on this list. So we're doing the 2012 list. Okay. Which, which they just came out with a 2020 list, which is more like, it's more diverse. And to be mm -hmm. honest with you, it would probably help our numbers if we switched to that. Cause we're doing this old white man list that was created in 2003 <laughs> and then 2008 yeah. and then 2012. So what's funny is that Paul Simon record that we're probably going to do, isn't even going to mm -hmm. be on the new list. But, okay. But this record I already checked. It is, I think it actually moved. Either, I think it moved down a little bit. But but back to what we were talking about. So you're so okay. you're you're in you're in Nigeria. So yeah. like, what what music is available there? Like you you said they it's, have to be global, but like what were the, so you mentioned some of the bands, but really really dive in there because I'm very curious about that. 
so it's mostly hip hop you know when really? you're in Nigeria at the very so you know it's it's a lot of sort of african hip hop i think you know this is the 90s so like bobby brown is coming in and like will nice. smith is you know remember pre getting jiggy with it will smith oh, the yeah. <laughs> the boom shake 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 the room will smith oh, remember yeah. that guy boom shake 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 the room <laughs> that guy boom. oh my god dude so that, that was like, there that was played at like every middle school dance in, yeah. in in my my world your world everybody preceded by like uh, mc hammer and all of that so but like do you guys know who uh, yusu ndor is yusu ndor uh, no. he's an he's an african artist who's kind of collaborated with everybody from like Mumford and Sons to a bunch of other people. Okay. So he's kind of big. Um but yeah, mostly hip hop and then when it comes to like mainstream rock um is it's literally going from like Guns N' Roses to Metallica to it, so just A grade artists so like or like A level touring artists who might yeah. happen to stop off in South Africa etc are coming down on the television, you know? And and you are like if I'm not mistaken cuz we've talked about this at like JFO yeah. and stuff when we tried to get you on the jam. Like you you are you have like a rock and roll musical background, yeah. am I right? Yeah, man, I have a five-piece band. I was in a I was in a college cover band called Bad Attitude. Uh <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> which haven't we all been in Bad Attitude, right? Uh yeah, at, at some level in our lives. Yeah. Uh, the angries. Yeah. Yeah. With the weirdest fucking setlist in the world. Like we what do was it? Okay, so 45 minutes. All right. This uh-huh. is I'm 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 17, right? So don't judge me too harshly, but we open up with uh, pour some sugar on me. Mm. Def Leppard. Hell yeah. Right? Uh, we go from that to get the funk out. Extreme. Oh, yeah, right? dude. I'll point graffiti uh, part two. I, I know, dude. Love that album. Right. <laughs> Slow it down. Love is on the way. Saigon kick. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right. Then bring it back up. Whiplash. Fucking Metallica. All okay. right. All right. Uh, <laughs> slow it down. Going where the wind blows. Mr. Big. Uh, then we go... Suck my kiss, red hot chili peppers. Hell yeah. Jump Van Halen. And we close with killing in the name of Rage Against the Machine. So like oh my God. zero genres, zero anything, <laughs> like, like the most diverse <laughs> set list. Like hedging our bets to get laid. This is basically what the strategy of the band was. And you're like, if we had an encore, we're doing uh, three songs off of uh, this really random craftwork uh, record. You're like, yeah. just <laughs> not even, not even staying in any genre, yeah. not doing anything. No. Like, who created that set list? Was it, was that, it was like, were you? Ev- the, are you no, the front man? Just like, yeah, I was the front man, and I played like acoustic. I've never managed distortion too well, but I think it was literally like the drummer was the most talented member of our fucking band right so he could play a double bass pedal he could do all of that stuff so we're just like how can we speed it up and then play a shitty song to give him a break and then speed it back up again yeah yeah yeah, that's where these three kind of slower songs came in just for for girls as such (laughs) but we're just going drummer backwards which is not a good way for a band to go i think you know yeah (laughs) dude and now i'm in a five-piece band my band is called alien chutney Okay, and I love we that. are uh, we're like a mostly festival band. So we we only play college festivals, or big music festivals, and you know lots and lots of people. And it's vulgar comedy rock, but it's original music now. So yeah. So it's all original. You don't do any covers. 
Yeah, man. All of it. Let's let's fuck. Dude, we got to get you on the jam, man. We're going to make it work somehow. So how did your how did your love for rock and roll come in? Was it just because that was, you know, because also a lot of those songs that you mentioned, like I was like shocked out of the bands you said that were global. Like you probably had to search for that music. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, like so. How did you do that? Like, was there a record? I mean, I, I'm I'm sound like such an idiot, but I'm like I'm like how many record stores were available to like get? Oh, all lots that of shit? record stores, but you had to like you go to the record store. I mean, these are cassettes, right? Remember cassettes? Right? Yeah. So you're going to the to the store every Sunday and Sundays when fucking new cassettes come in, and yeah. you're just buying them because they're new. You know, literally, you're like, okay, which Western artists have come in? Let me pick up a bunch of shit. So if it's like. Janet Jackson or En Vogue, or if it's like In Excess and Reggae, or if it's, uh, you know, the, the new Pearl Jam album, you're buying all four just to like listen to, to yeah. Western music. Yeah. Because that's what college bands do. Mm-hmm. And then I, th- I think what solidified it for me is like, I saw, um, I saw Rage Against the Machine, man. And, and then that was that. Like the minute I saw them on this channel called Channel V, I was like, I'm never looking back on anything else. You know, like that kind of just harder, dirtier, uh, bass heavy, uh, you know, hip hop infused with rock. I was like, this is my zone. This is what I love. So that's my big influence. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know? Raging as a machine, it's there's there's bands in my life <clears throat> that yeah. I can pinpoint the exact moment I heard them. Like, and it's like, oh, my life is is different. It was Guns yeah. N' Roses. And I've talked about this on the podcast. Guns N' Roses, DC 101 radio. They played Appetite all the way through. Stone Temple Pilots. And I know that's such a random band, but they're very yeah. important to me. Um, delivering flyers with a guy for Philbin's Health and Fitness Center. And it was on the radio. And I was like, they played mm-hmm. plush. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And then Raging Against the Machine, I was at Greg Chait's hockey practice, and one of the older guys had a boombox. And I'm pretty sure it was Killing in the Name of, and I was just like, what the fuck is And it's like yeah. life-changing moments. And and to be completely honest with you, and I not to bring it back to you too, but with or without you as a little kid was like mm-hmm. one of my favorite songs ever and still really is an important song in my, I love it. And, and, and so it's like, I mean, I just remember listening, my parents would listen to that, you know, uh, adult contemporary rock or soft rock. And you could put like a lot of that, that the Joshua tree, the big hits off of it on the like adult contemporary, like soft rock, like vibe. But it's crazy that like, 
I love them. I love that album so much. And and besides Actung Baby and maybe some of the earlier stuff, nothing else yeah. has really touched me in a way that I'm like, oh, I, I want to see them live or like I need to. So I, we- I saw them live when they came to Mumbai, man. And what struck me about them live, like, okay, I, I've seen very few bands live. Like, so I've seen Pantera live, which was my first ever concert when I came to the US for college. And I didn't know what... Cowboys from Hell was, and I didn't know what a fucking mosh pit was. So I was like, just this 18 year old kid from India got taken to a concert in Chicago, and then white dudes started beating the fuck out of each other, and I didn't know why. Uh, I didn't understand. Somebody get somebody. I'm like, somebody's going to get hurt down there. <laughs> so I've seen Pantera, which was great. I've seen uh, Foo Fighters, which were okay. They're not, they weren't great live. He's not a great vocalist live. I don't yeah. think, you know, he makes up for it. He makes up for it in his energy. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like uh, he he's a yeah. he's a performer. He's just not really much of an actual like yeah. you know, he's not Freddie Mercury. No. And then I saw the Chili Peppers live, which again, I feel like they're a more studio band. Like you dance a lot and shit, but you know, uh I saw you two live in Mumbai, I think two years ago. And it's the it was the end of the Joshua Tree tour. Yeah. Right? So uh, it was, I think, their last tour of the entire tour. And I think, hasn't that tour been going on like some something like 10 years or something like that? It's a long fucking tour. Yeah. And you know how there's like a spaciness to YouTube? You know, yeah. uh, it, it's just kind of surrounding and very reverby and all of that stuff. And, yeah. and the sound design of the tour is that way. But whenever he interacted with the crowd, it was with that same sort of reverby energy. So he was just like, we're happy to be here. You know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> we're in an experience tonight. We're going to touch the stars and the galaxy. And I'm like, could you fucking look somebody in the eye and yeah. say something real, you know? Yeah. Uh, which, so that's what I didn't like so much. It was great sound. They sounded fucking amazing, but they didn't connect too much. So I was like, it feels like I'm watching them on a screen rather than being at the concert. It wasn't very interactive at all. Yeah. And you know? it's, it's, it's not the thing that's turned me off from wanting to see them because I, I wish I would have seen them on the Joshua tree tour. Cause they yeah. were playing that full record all the way through. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing about Bono. One of the first jokes I ever wrote uh, in standup that really did mm-hmm. well was, was talking about uh, Bono, how awkward it would be with Bono having sex with a groupie because everything's so, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like we're doing only yeah. doggy style in honor of the ASPCA Awareness Month. Like everything's very, like yeah. you know, he's only eating biblical fruit. Like you know, like like you know, prunes. He never takes and, the glasses off. Yeah, dude. He's just he's <laughs> like he's like you're so wet. We should use that wetness to seal AIDS relief packages. Like he's so <laughs> over the top. And and it's I almost, want Bono to make the girl wear glasses too. Like I think that's great. Like, sex. Put, put these on. Like, I need to fuck like, myself. <laughs> I need you to see me as I see you. See, you know, like, he, he, he's, he's he's talking through like like one of those vodka quarters, so it's like all airy and spacey. Yeah. He puts on one of those like those things that makes it looks like you're fucking in space, like those lights <laughs> that like kids have in all their rooms now. But and but pulling that aside. It's like when you break down just their music, like their music yeah. is actually really good. I mean, like, you know, I, what was I don't like the popular stuff like uh, on this record. I think my favorite track might be Grace. Have you heard Grace? Yeah. Oh, yeah. On this, so Grace sounds like an Al Green track. 
Yeah, just like you're right. Basic drumming, you know, like a basic drum riff, very muted guitars, Bono not overdoing it or overspacing it. And it's just like a really kind of, you know, there are walk songs, run songs, drive songs and lie down songs, right? I think mm-hmm. there are four songs in the entire world. And this is uh, and a good song, I think, doubles in like two genres, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the... That's a walk song and a lie down song. Uh, yeah. So that's what I like about that. This is, well, this is an interesting record for them um, because, you know, here's a little, a little backstory. I'm going to try to summarize this as best as I can, because we could talk about their history and we can yeah. talk about how they got together, which, you know, they, they had put out a couple records uh, that kind of like, like the first two records are kind of what yeah. like laid the groundwork. We did their first record on this podcast. I think it was the second one where they had like New Year's Day and yeah. uh, what was the other big one? Uh, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. It might yeah. be the second or the third. And then they make the Joshua Tree, which we've talked about already. The Joshua yeah. Tree was was a glow like you said global like that's mm-hmm. that's one of those albums that i mean like i said it's considered one of the greatest rock and roll records ever made it is a perfect yeah. record everything about it they're working with brian eno and daniel lenoir who uh is two great producers brian Eno, we've talked about on this podcast many times and who's continued to work with them throughout and then they do, I think they get frustrated. Let me see if I can find the little the little doodad about this because I want to just get us up to there because that's really what is the important part. All right, so New Year's Day, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. All right, so here's what happens. So they do 84 is Unforgettable Fire. It's more mm-hmm. artsy after they do New Year's Day and Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Then they have this Live Aid performance in 85. That yeah. is what elevated that. Have you ever seen it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, it's, yeah. it's fucking great. It's great. It's fucking fantastic. And, and he's cool. He's got the mullet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got like hairspray <laughs> yeah. fucking just locking that shit in. <clears throat> and then this is where they start to get elevated to becoming one of the bands of the decade. They follow that up with the Joshua Tree, which mm-hmm. I mean, with or without you, I still haven't found what you're looking for where the streets have no name. Uh, both of them become number one hits. Uh, they become the fourth band to be featured on the cover of Time magazine. The album, its song, received four Grammy nominations, winning Album of the Year and Best Rock Performance by a duo or group. In 88, they release Rattle and Hum, a double record, and it's like this, this theatrical documentary yeah, yeah. thing, which I've never seen, but I've listened to some of the tracks because they do Helter Skelter, and that's what I've heard. Then the band becomes dissatisfied with their live performances. They get a sense of musical stagnation. Bono hinted at changes to come during a concert near the end of the tour before hometown crowd in Dublin. He said on stage that it was the end of something for you two and that they had to go away and dream it all up again. Then they come back with arguably, you know, their most experimental yet still confined in rock and roll. Cause we'll get to pop, which is just mm-hmm. them yeah. shit in the bed big time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they drop acting baby. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's so great when you were talking about the muted sound of edges yeah. guitar, mm-hmm. like acting baby is, is, is just like, I mean, beautiful or uh, mysterious ways, one, I mean, it's, it's a, it, it's a record that, that it, I don't think it hits the Joshua tree, but it mm-hmm. definitely yeah. keeps them doing something a little bit different. What are your thoughts on like Actung baby? Cause I know Joshua it's tree. It's great. Mysterious with. ways is absolutely like, I don't think 
if you're in the car and that shit comes on, yeah, I I can't think of a single person that is changing the you yeah. know the station <laughs> and not speeding up. You know that. You know just that. Just that is you're going at yeah. that moment in time. Yeah, know? that's a drive song. I that's just a drive song for sure. And I like I keep thinking about this. Like you know, when I'm in a band, like when you're songwriting, right? Basically, if you're the front man of a band, if you're if you're the songwriter of a band, you're preventing people from fucking fighting with each other. Like that's oh, yeah. really your job. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It, it's pre- like preventing two guitarists, so like a guitarist and a pianist, from fighting, and fuck the bassist and the drummer because who cares, right? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not input. Anybody <laughs> can do your job, Frank. But get yeah. my cousin here in twenty minutes. So I don't know how you write with Bono. <laughs> you know, like because I would kill him in a jam room in like five minutes. If you're like, <laughs> and he's like, but what does it signify? I'd be like, go fuck yourself, right? Like, die. Uh, That's a good cool riff, dude. I don't know what you want me to do, man. It's exactly. like, just do my job. Yeah, <laughs> just sing about sing about God or something. Come on, put your fucking lyrics on here that that no one understands. No, I look, he's, he's, he's pretentious. He's very, he is, yeah. he's pretentious, but, but like, I don't want, cause I don't want to just completely shit on him because the guy does good shit. I mean, the guy is like does, authentically man. pretentious. Is that something, does that make sense? But or, but he also has like, you ironic. know, I, I don't know if you, you'd agree with me, but like, okay, you talked about Guns N' Roses, right? Yeah. As he aged, he has one of the most effortless, like higher registers I've ever seen in front man. Yeah, like, I saw I saw Guns N' Roses. Uh, I think like three years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, those high notes are effort now. You know, you you can see the the grimace on Axel's face. You can see the vein popping in his fucking throat. You can see yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. But Bono just kind of going, Ooh, you know, like it, it's just so it's just kind of cool. You know, I've I've never seen somebody kind of lean in, lean back, lean in, and He's a lean man. back. And He's, just no effort ever shows in this guy's face, which is incredible. He, you know, it's two things. I want to comment on the Guns N' Roses thing. I've seen GNR, I think four times since they got back together in 2016. Mm-hmm. And the first three times it was like, I was in shock of how strong his voice was. And then I saw yeah. him at MetLife Stadium for, and, and dude, at the beginning, we, we got there super early. I had great seats because I know Duff, the bassist uh, manager, and I'm the the sound guy comes out. He takes the center microphone and he goes. I mean, like literally, he's like, "I'm barely yeah. talking. I'm barely talking," and it's and it's reverberating as loud around the stadium. And then Axel came out, and especially knowing that you know music, he yeah. was singing not even in his head voice, in the voice above that, almost kind of like in the jungle. like up super high and it and i remember two songs in i was like oh man like it it finally caught up with him do you know what i I mean i saw him partly forget the words to november rain that's what he can't fuck up he was like when you feel subside and And i was like what and in any case you go to a guns and roses concert right now and it's a lot of bald spots and paunches and dads With their I kids know. trying to introduce the band to them, right? And then he did like an upper or something in the middle of the fucking show. Like, I don't know what he popped, but he popped it on stage. We all saw him <laughs> pop it. And then he was fucking <laughs> fantastic. And I'm like, I want whatever's in that glass, whatever he yeah. dropped in there. I want some of that. <laughs> He's doing a Liberace popper. All right. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, but he still the, he still has a high register. He still has a low register. But like that mid register, that's gone with age. I yeah. think that goes first. You know, this voice, this speaking voice, this is the thing that goes first with age. Yeah. And then you either go lower, you go higher, and he's mm-hmm. got both of them. Nah, it, 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 I, I agree. And I now after we watched, left that concert, I was like, man, I think that might be the last time I need to see him. Like I, it was so great. They killed it, but. But it's just, you know, I, it's that, it's that Neil, was it Neil Young? It's like, is it better to burn out or fade away? Um, And, you know, it's like, you look at some of these people, like I've talked about this many times in the podcast, but it's like Kurt Cobain, it's like, he'll always be that 27 year old genius. That's just beautiful. And his, and his voice and his songs. And it's like, you know, what would have happened if he would have kept living? And what happens is they become Bono and they become Axl Rose. And we get older and we get bald spots and we, we get overweight and we show up and we're like, Hey, it's fucking and, and then we hurt the next day and they hurt. Like, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how Bono does it. Cause if you can Dude, still, I, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, good. I, no, I was going to say, it's uh, like you, you watch these concerts and he's still giving everything. And I, and I, and I like Bruce Springsteen is 74 years old or 70 years old. And he plays for three hours yeah it's like how do you do that but like bruce springsteen closes with fucking la bamba or something like that like he closes with uh twist and shout and la bamba mixed with each other in in this insane closing thing right which is yeah so i had the best idea during the u2 concert in mumbai where i was like i looked at my wife and i'm like we are going to leave one song early Nice. Right, and we're going to get to the parking lot and we're going to get in our car and fuck <laughs> off and beat all this traffic. She's like, but it's going to be a closer. And I'm like, I promise you, it's going to be one. Right? One is going to be the closer. Yeah. And I don't want to hear that song. And so I think they, maybe even a beautiful day or something is, is you know, the second last song of the this thing, uh, because they opened up with Elevation. I remember that. So it's either beautiful day or where the streets have no name or something. And then I'm like, come on, let's go. And like from far away in the parking lot when we're there, we just hear, is it getting better? And I'm like, yes. Do you leave early? No, I, 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 well, here's the deal. Here's what's great about being in New York. It doesn't make a difference when I leave. Cause yeah. I can just, yeah. I sit, I sit in the seats until the, until Madison square garden or the arenas let out. And then I walk to the train. Cause I, I just, and usually I'm by myself. You know, if mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go see Bruce, I think in April, and I mean, I might spend $2,500 on a ticket and I'm just like, I'm yeah. going to savor every morsel of that show. And if I go see you too, cause I'm going to go see you too, if they come back around, like I've yeah. never seen them. Uh, I'm, I always regret never seeing uh, Neil Diamond. And I know he's just a cheesy, you know, uh, crooner, but man, it was like, that's a concert that I would have loved. I'd pay, I'd pay fourth. I'd pay everything I have in my checking right now to go see him live. And you know, which isn't much everybody. Dude, yeah. No judge. Like my dad (laughs) loves Leonard Cohen. Right. And, and so I call my dad one month and, uh, you know, he lives in Delhi and I'm like, he's like, I'm leaving tonight. And I'm like, where are you going? And he's like, I'm going to New York for 48 hours to Madison square garden to see Leonard Cohen's last ever concert. Because wow. it's the last time he's going to perform. Yeah. And so he spent a fuck ton of money to to come to New York. And uh, I think he had second row seats and he watched the concert and it was beautiful. And everybody cried. And the next year, Leonard Cohen went back on tour. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, out of retirement. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that's that's Elton John. Elton John's been on a farewell tour for fucking eight yeah, years. Um, yeah. But you two, there's something. There's something else. And to, to get us back on track about this record, mm-hmm. um, where was I in the little breakdown? All right. So after Actung Baby, they go in this completely ridiculous. Uh, pop, that's, that's the only yeah. way. Yeah, pop is. I mean, it comes out in '87. They've got this Pop Mort tour, which I mean, I just remember people making fun of it, and they're, mm-hmm. they, the band is saying it's a way for them to deconstruct rock and roll and, and its format to the absolute nth degree. But it was such a horrible reception that people started saying, "Like, has you two lost the glow? Yeah. Have they lost that thing?" that that made them special because the, that was when his glasses got weirder and the outfits got crazier and it just didn't seem right and then that brings us to this record which this yeah. record uh uh Jer, when did this come out and i don't have it right in front of me but what was the year this came out 2000 in 2000 all right so yeah. in 2000 the band decides where is that i just lost my thing the band decides they're going to go back to just guitar bass mm-hmm. drums and vocals and they go into the studio now where's the little doodad about this so this is their 10th record uh it's instantly judged as a triumphant return to form bono said ahead of the release we're reapply i like this we're reapplying for the job of best band in the world. So he knew he at least is, is, yeah, of course is, he knew. Yeah, I know. But that's from, from everything we just said about, about Bono yeah. being, you know, his head up his ass. He just, eh. it's like to be able to go, it's like, yeah, we fucked up. Like most rock stars <laughs> don't do that. We fucked up everybody. We're sorry about lemon. We're sorry about yeah. the other shit. There's one song in this record, which is it's reminiscent of like, the fuck up that is pop and i think it's it's the ground under her feet or the ground beneath her feet is yeah. a you know is a song totally. on this record and and if you listen to it okay here's my my slightly uh, like i'm 43 i think we're about the same age right so like i i think yeah. there like there comes an age after which you shouldn't be writing love songs you know uh or, or it becomes harder to connect with love songs and and i think pop really showed that for you too you know, yeah. where it, it's harder for guys of that age and that success to write like a, a, a love song that connects. And this song, The Ground Beneath Her Feet, might be like the worst U2 song like it's I've bad. ever heard. Yeah. Because it's just like, it's a love song written by somebody who's never wooed a girl or wooed a girl like fucking 30 years. Like just <laughs> has no conception of how love works anymore. You know, uh, so I think that still is reminiscent of pop. But I think... Like this record is still better relatively, you know, to the fuck up. So maybe that's what gave them like slightly more speed. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I feel like the shot was. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. 
from Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. I think okay. I, I do you see no. the write up on this, Josh, on this song? What do you for uh, a that, movie with Mel Gibson? Where was it? What's what are we looking at? <laughs> it says this first appeared in the soundtrack to the movie Million Dollar Hotel. I don't remember that movie. I don't remember that either. It says it was a flop and the soundtrack sold poorly. Um, U2, U2 decided to put it on their own album because they felt more people should hear it. Bono wrote the movie with Wim Wenders, who directed it. So I know she her. wrote the movie. Yeah. And he has a cameo in the film, which stars Mel Gibson. Ah, oh, of course. Hey, uh, but is this is this still in good favor, Mel Gibson? This is the year two thousand, right? Oh so yeah, yeah. oh yeah, dude. No, he hasn't no, fucked up good. yet, dude. He was. Dude, we were. <laughs> dude, I hate to say it, I still like Mel. I still like course, him. Yeah. Apocalypto yeah. fucking ruled that movie ruled, and at that point, he was already known as an anti-Semite, and I was like, I could give a shit. We suck. Jews suck. Keep making movies, Mel. I'm all you, in. You know how people judge like Mel Gibson ruined it. Like he hasn't ruined his own career. No. Who is the guy who played Christ? Uh, oh, uh, Jim uh, Jim Caviezel. Jim you ruined Caviezel. his fucking career. Because are you going to want to see Jesus Christ like smoke a cigarette in his next movie or like no. Jesus Christ, you know, <laughs> fuck somebody in his next movie? You know, like, like, I've never seen that guy since he played Jesus Christ. Funny that you like, mentioned that, Vert. No, not to cut you off, but funny that you mentioned that. I have seen him and he's been at these like weird, uh, like very alt-righty uh, functions. Basically, like, you know, he basically has taken on like the role of Jesus and he's like, you know, homosexuality's wrong. This is wrong. Like he's he's wow. batshit. Yeah, he's batshit, which I always find so funny because, it, dude, if Christ was was alive and, and he was like, nah, dude, gay people, I'm going to turn into a woman. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like, just, you know, feed the homeless and let's all just have a good time and love each other. But it is a flex for your whatever your convention is, right? The alt right convention. Yeah, like, right. Okay, uh, coming up next, we have the senator from from Georgia and Jesus. Jesus is coming up next. No, no, Jesus. <laughs> you know? Oh, Jim Caviezel. Hey, close enough. That was a good yeah. movie. Seriously, guys, isn't Ver amazing? We're gonna get right back to our conversation, but once you're done listening to it, I want you to do yourself a favor and go check out another show that also had an amazing guest recently. From Next Chapter Podcast at BasketballNews.com, it's the Rex Chapman Show, co-hosted by the king of Twitter himself and Rex's best friend, actor Josh Hopkins from Cougar Town, True Detective at CSI Miami. This podcast invites you into the room as they engage in in-depth, entertaining conversations with some of the most important individuals in the world of pro sports, show business, and elsewhere. Just recently, they had on film and TV star Kelly Coin, whose resume includes Steven Spielberg's The Post, as well as shows like The Sopranos, House of Cards, and Billions. This is a podcast for people who want an authentic, unguarded look into the lives of some of the most interesting people on the planet. So listen to The Rex Chapman Show wherever you get your podcasts or visit basketballnews.com to watch videos of the show. And let's get back to mine. No, but they, look, this not every song on this record is is in my opinion uh as good as the first four you know i, I think yeah, this sure. is a very yeah. top top loaded record i mean beautiful day stuck in a moment uh you can't mm -hmm. get out of elevation and we'll we'll talk about all of these in a second but these are like these are those are great songs those are those are in really a little while songs. in a little while is a great song again yes. back to like al green 
Yeah. You know, but, but this count. is, I don't know if you know this, like this is how many awards this shit won. This isn't just like, this is, this is crazy when I found out. All right. So I could just do the big spiel about you two. So they've done 14 studio records. They're one of the biggest selling bands of all time. They've sold an estimated 150 to 170 million records worldwide. They've won 22 Grammys awards. Uh, they were inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame in their first year of eligibility, which is a big deal. Uh, rock, mm -hmm. Rolling Stone has ranked them at number 22 on the list of hundred greatest artists of all time. And then all these other causes, They've campaigned uh, for human rights, social justice causes like Amnesty International, Jubilee 2000, Product Red. I mean, there's just so much shit. Where is the little? Here it is. This is what I was looking for. All right. Um, it this this album it took three Grammy Awards in 2001, and then a okay. year later, the album won four more, including Record of the Year for Walk On. The previous year, they won that for Beautiful Day. That's the first time a band has ever done that on the same record. Because it's like they only really, they only like the single, if one single comes out in, in like yeah. you know, 2022 and then another one comes out in 23, you could still win, which I find like kind of cheating. A little bit. You know? Yeah. How do you get Grammys for the same album in two different years? That's okay. I have a question though. Wasn't, no. wasn't uh, like, okay, uh, forgive me because this is lighthearted conversation, but like 9 11 was 2001. And yes. wasn't Beautiful Day or Walk On like associated with that campaign? Yeah. Yes. When, the rebuild Jer, campaign? It's here Jer, somewhere. Jer, when did it? So this this album, what was the exact date this album was released? Do you have that? You should. I might. It's right here. I got it right here. October 30th, 2000. All right. Because that's when I right. remember and the first single released is A Beautiful Day that came out on the 9th of October, 2000. Stuck in a moment you can't get out of January yeah. 2001. Then you have uh, Elevation in June and Walk On November of 2001. So basically, yeah. Beautiful Day. I mean, dude, Beautiful Day was like, I mean, it's a, listen, I'm not going to, I could sit here and just say I've heard it so many times that I'm kind of like whatever about it. But it's a, it's a, it's mm -hmm. a fucking, it's a good rock song. His voice sounds good. And, I and would pick Elevation over Beautiful Day. Would you? I, 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 I can Elevation. I might like more, and it's more yeah. rocky. And I, you know, mm -hmm. knowing me and the music I fuck with, that's that's what I that's what I like. But then also, Ver, I'm kind of a pussy and i love yeah. very i need help with my sanity so a song <laughs> like a beautiful day really just kind of like see the world in blue and gold and i'm like fuck yeah he's like fuck you comedy booker i can do this nothing's well, you know me. josh speaking as an alpha male myself uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just want to say like elevation is the you're at the comedy club, the show's about to start and the lights are going down song. So for that reason, like, I'd pick that. I don't know why. It's but, Yeah. <laughs> but A Beautiful Day, to one thing that I've noticed about that, just musically, okay, I hate tambourine players. Yeah. Right? I think it's a pretentious thing to do. Bono plays the fuck out of the tambourine at a live concert, <laughs> right? He does, And yeah. In A Beautiful Day you can hear every tambourine hit. Like on the mix, it's just front and center. And I'm pretty sure Bono made that shit happen. 
but like that's the thing that pops the most to me in a beautiful day it's just that you know just that that tambourine hit and i'm yeah, just yeah, like yeah. fuck this guy every time it's i hear like that song it's the cowbell like, that's what i was thinking it's more yeah. cowbell he's like can we have more tambourine really daniel daniel bryan turn it up come on my mic's not on high enough dude there's some crazy shit though about this uh about this record hold on where was it uh Took three Grammy Awards, blah, 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 blah. Here we are. The album debuted at number three on the Billboard 200 chart, selling just under half a million copies in its first week. Uh, since its release, it sold approximately 15 million copies. All that you can't leave behind is the fourth highest selling U2 album with total sales of 12 million. Um, this is the interesting fact that I really dig about this. And we talk about Bono, you know, being so self-involved. Lyrics to multiple songs on this album were almost lost due to Bono's laptop being stolen from his car outside the Clarence Hotel in Dublin in 1999. They were recovered when an Irishman who bought the stolen computer turned it on and saw a picture of Bono's son on the screen. He found the lyrics and returned it for a reward. Jared, I don't know if you can find out how much he paid. That's what I want to know, too. Yeah. Ver, how much would you pay? How much would you ask for if you found a Bono computer with fucking Elevation, Beautiful Day, maybe Josh, I'm Indian. I can hack into his computer tomorrow if I want <laughs> yeah. to. I'm just kidding. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> and also, I'm just so disappointed that it was Bono's son and not Bono's dick. You know what I mean? Like, that would oh, be... Yeah fantastic as a home screen just an Irishman opens it up and he's like I know this dick from somewhere I've, I've seen this somewhere where is that dick his dick has this weird why would you advertise that you write it's so disappointing that you write song lyrics on a laptop you know what I mean like I would yeah. never put that out there well, even if I did that, I would never put it out there you see I, I mean where do you spend most of your time in LA or New York or even in uh, when I'm in the US New York yeah New, New York, York okay yeah. so you go to the coffee shop and you always walk around and there's a million people on their laptops writing yeah. and a lot of them in LA are all screenwriters and I remember Fahim Anwar had this joke like how would you feel if you knew that Schindler's List was written at a Pete's coffee shop you know what I mean <laughs> it's like you can't it's like but that's the truth is that you know computers and and fucking especially in 1999 you know he they were they were you know they, he probably has like the newest up-to-date uh not iMac or whatever these things are called MacBook when it was all blue and big and yeah it was shit. like this thick if you remember yeah yeah, yeah. It was it's like a, like a stone pounds. tablet yeah, yeah so he of course he's writing them I mean it's not the romanticizing of an actual like you know where you see like we found the napkin that john lennon wrote imagines lyrics on yeah. i mean that's 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 the the mythos of it that's the myth that we like look at and we're like oh but in actuality 99 percent of the art that we've seen in the last fucking 20 years has been written on this thing that we're staring on at iphones right now. man like on iphones on notes Literally, yeah. the music industry survives on voice notes and notes, which is so disappointing to picture. Like iconic artists just going, <laughs> send. Like that's what music is now. Dude, <laughs> that's, that's what I do. Anytime I write a joke. Exactly. Like, that's oh, what like, I do with my band. I'm yeah. like, I, I literally send shit to like, 
three o'clock in the morning. I'm like something that goes like like that's it. Like that's that's my songwriting process. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, come on, man. Let's let's you know, I write all mine on napkins, and then I uh I just kind of tuck them aside, and then I like it's all handwritten. Everything's handwritten. I'm sticking. I'm down to the roots. All right, let's talk about some of these songs. All right, um, a beautiful day. All right. Damn, well, he's got to play something. The lyrics were inspired by Bono's experience with Jubilee 2000, a benefit urging politicians to drop the third world debt. Bono describes the song as as about a man who has lost everything, (laughs) but finds joy in what he still has. Now, being that I'm going through a very existential crisis right now and it's like it's this song does really make me feel good. It's like you can't yeah. listen to this and and feel like you're you know feel like a piece of shit. Like you got to appreciate everything, and that's what my spiritual guide slash guru uh, therapist, whatever you want to call him, says is like when you get depressed, just remember that you know you're alive. And I sometimes yeah. that's that's all we have. And yeah, to sure. have us to open this song with a beautiful day, I don't think any uh, the only song maybe he could have opened with is what we've already mentioned with Elevation. Like, yeah. that's it. Just because of that riff, but that is a beautiful day is a perfect way to open this record, to almost lay out as like a mission statement what we're about to yeah. experience for the rest of the record. What are your thoughts? I mean, you already have, you've said about the tambourine, but like, uh, I mean- so, okay, you two songs kind of work in, um, like, I, I think they milk anticipation more than most bands, like musically anticipation, you know? Yeah. Like if you listen to Elevation, I don't know what the pedal is called. It's not a wah pedal, but you know that. You know, like it's it's just that. And you will hear like that prolonged for like more bars than most bands would use that prolonging, you know? And then you really got to build like a, and U2 has fucking explosive crescendos uh, in choruses. And so if I had to pick it for that, I'd pick Beautiful Day because it's, it's such a nice kind of, you know, distant that, you know, and that kind of comes in and then the explosion of it's a beautiful day. Like then you're listening to that, just going, Oh, this is going to be a fucking great record. You know, like, I think that's what, that's the, cool. so that's what the, I say about that. I, I agree with you. The expl- he there you two is very big on that. They had explosion yeah. thing where it's like, you know, where he he just bellows like with or without you, with or with yeah. or, or for this it's like the touch me, take me to that. Like that's fucking perfect. That's yeah. the Bono that I like. I like Bono when he's singing the shit out of a note. Being that that Jim Caviezel Jesus like character, you know, yeah. and chest out and just fucking because I watched that Super Bowl performance and it's like that's all the sh- it, for everything that I loved is all the shit that people hate about Bono. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. and I feel like this song encapsulates what is good about you two, what what people hate about you two, but also why this you know, this band is one of the biggest bands of our lifetime. It's because it's just, it's, you can't deny the, 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 the feeling that you get when you listen to this. And if you listen to this and don't feel nothing, then you're dead inside. Like this is a, also, I mean, you go from that because isn't elevation like the second track itself on the album? second track, nothing. Second track is stuck in a moment. You can't get out of, sure. which I actually have a really crazy thing about. 
um because mm-hmm. i didn't even know if you know this because listening to that song you you it's like i remember the video and i i, I think it was kind of like you know somebody's doing something and then something like it freeze time freezes and that spirit yeah, goes yeah, out yeah it was, it was something in, in that vein and and you listen to this song stuck in a moment you can't get out of and you're like hey that's a good song and it, i didn't realize how sad it was it's about michael hutchins the lead singer of nxs who killed himself in 1997 he and Bono were close friends. The song is both a tribute to Michael and a message of understanding, letting anyone going through a rough time know that it will pass. And Bono has said that he and Hutchins discussed suicide a few times in the past, uh, quoted saying, we both agreed how pathetic it was, uh, but they both kind of promised each other that neither would ever kill themselves. Excuse me. He went on to say about the song, I think other people who have lost a mate to suicide will all tell you the same thing just the overpowering guilt that you weren't there for that person as anyone around here will tell you friendship is a thing that I hold very sacred and his suicide really threw me. Um, I feel like, yeah. So it's, I could go on and on about what he said, but I mean, it's basically just, dude, I don't like it when you read the descriptions because then I'm just like, this tonally doesn't match anything that they set out to write this song. I know. I know. If this is a tribute to a friend, then this sort of, you got to, Get yourself together. You can't like that's not how you write that fucking song. I'm sorry. It's so this is ruining it for me. I'm sorry. Well, all right. It's funny. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck you up even more. You know that song. Uh, Hold on for one more day. I know the Phillips? day. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. song about stopping people doing suicide. And I, it's like, that's so upbeat. It's like, hold on, yeah. don't kill yourself. Take <laughs> off the noose now. Throw away all the pills. Come on, we're gonna do some stuff. It's, it's gotta be like, it's- Isn't it's, like uh, Green Day, isn't that, that that big wedding song is also about suicide? Which one? The time of your life or whatever. It's on, yeah, find, look, check, oh, yeah. check that yeah. out. I don't, you know, I, I can see, dude, here's the thing about, about music. There's always these hidden messages in all the yeah, songs where we don't realize we're getting a little doodle of a thought about trying us to not do something or, or, or heal this. And you too, sometimes they lay it out perfectly. New Year's Day. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's about a war in Ireland and New Year's Day, a big massacre. And sometimes... You'd listen to Stuck in the Moment with you and you're like, this is, this is a real bopper. This is making me feel good. And yeah. it's really about but, the lead but, but singer. so far, <laughs> dude, so far, this is like, if you were describing al- this album, you're like, yeah, so we wrote Beautiful Day, which is about a gig I was at. Uh, <laughs> and, and then th- this next song is about a famous guy that I knew. You know, and you're just like, what? <laughs> Fuck you. You know? <laughs> no, you're right. Hey, you're right, man. Uh, I, I I think it, it doesn't, it doesn't help the song to find out that that's what it's about. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it is. Is what it is. Uh, it is what it is. Mick Jagger. Elevation is my favorite song. Let's get to Elevation. Elevation is the song for me. All right. Yeah. Before Elevation, I think you'll like that, uh, the story behind it a little bit better. But it says here, Good Riddance, Time of Your Life is just about mm-hmm. Billy Joe Armstrong's girlfriend moving to Ecuador. God, can we comment on how many tabs you have open on the screen, <laughs> Jeremiah? I know. I know. Jesus like Christ. A, yeah. None of them porn. <laughs> None of them yeah. born. I know. I know what porn, unless that TS, or that's uh, the 500. I thought that was uh, transsexual, uh, which I'm into too, bro. Very <laughs> Number one, ser- another one porn search, <laughs> search thing. All right, elevation. All right, so what I got is this Bono saying, it's a fun, 
it is fun and frolics, but the goal is soul. It's about sexuality and transcendence, a playful piece about wanting to get off, or in this case, to literally get off the ground. I can't actually remember writing it. It was all over in minutes, which is probably not the greatest admission to make a, in a song about sex. Um, I had no idea this is about fun. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think I think you too decides to write a song about something and then writes a song about the opposite of that something. I think that's yeah. how this band yeah. functions psychologically. Dude. I would never fuck the elevation. I don't know I anybody know. who would. I would not fuck somebody who wanted to fuck that. <laughs> well, actually, and walk on is about uh, what you do after elevation. You you Which leave the it's exit. about leaving the girl's apartment. No, this is what's yeah. funny. Walk on is about uh, I'm going to fuck this up big time. Da Ong San Su Ki, a Burmese activist who was sentenced to house arrest in 1989 for protesting her government. So. I mean, we're, they're taking you on a fucking <laughs> journey, dude. This is. So I was at a gig and this is about my mate who died. Then I fucked a girl and I was thinking of Burma. <laughs> Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. Good lord. They that's what they listen, listen, this is this is this is what you two represents. They represent they they are like you said, dude, the music to reach where you are in the world or where you were yeah. when you were younger. It has to be global. So they 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 are like this is what I would think. All right, so here we go. Are there any other bands that we can kind of put up there like that have taken on causes to the same degree as you two like like do does anybody outrank you two in in that this like you know the worldliness of, of ironically michael jackson i guess you know because ironically michael jackson did a lot for kids and two kids but for kids you you have to kind of admit he did a lot um i want to say who else guns and roses has never metallica has never been a particularly at all. Charitable, you know, no. charity associated band. Um, Rage Against the Machine, I think, has been pretty kind of uh, aligned with like campaigns and causes and all of that stuff. And then, but, but I don't think on I don't think on the level of of you two, where it's like they're more like, and I and I yeah. agree with you what you're saying because you go to a Rage Against the Machine concert, especially this last run, mm -hmm. which I went to five nights at Madison Square Garden. Oh. Uh, it was dude, and I wept on the last night. Long, I'll tell you about it next time I see you in person because we don't have much time. But dude, it's like you talk about that little kid hearing Rage Against the Machine and now knowing that he's friends with two of the members. It's like yeah, mind blowing. But yeah, dude, at the they're they're literally behind them. They're putting like, you know, we need to stop this and this is this is blah 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 and all and like half of the profits from the shows are are raising we've raised I think they raised like a million dollars in their five nights that they were there. Yeah, here we go. All right, so you have you two. Yeah, at there number we go. one. 
Elton John, that yes, I can't believe neither of us thought of Elton John because he was yeah. really big into AIDS and helping AIDS. Uh, Prince, uh, yeah. which which I just went to Prince's home. Nickelback, what the fuck? <laughs> Wait, hold on, stop right there. All right, Nickelback's ranked number five. Sure, I mean, aren't they a Christian band or something like that? Aren't they like a primarily sort of? It's got to be in there. Uh, it doesn't say Christianity. I, I I always thought Creed was the more Christian. Oh, sorry, band. Creed. I'm confusing them with Creed. My bad. My bad. But, but uh, Nickelback, Nickelback is the we all want to be huge rock stars, and that's the band, right? And, and people John shit bon on people, people shit on Nick. Yeah, Dave Matthews. But Dave Dave Matthews always takes up like weird causes. Like we need to save yeah. the pecan farmers of America, and you're like, what? There's, <laughs> a, there's a there's a problem with pecans. What's the problem? Yeah, Taylor Swift, John Bon Jovi, but I see I stop, slow down, dude. Go back to Nickelback real quick. Nickelback <laughs> donated five hundred thousand to the Abaki Foundation, an African charity that helped build a childcare center in Cameroon. Hey, who knew? See, why don't people yeah. know that? This is the same shit that people shit on Nickelback the way they shit on Guy Fieri. But Guy Fieri donates like millions of dollars a year to like people that have don't have enough money for food. And all we do is we just make fun of him because he's got blonde spiky hair. And the same thing with Nickelback is that we shit on him because they got so big so quick. And but they write good songs. Right? I'm just gonna be honest, like yeah, fuck all be that. Honest. But like, not not one kid in this school in Africa at the Abaki Foundation is ever gonna listen to Nickelback. I promise you. Like, <laughs> if they sat all the kids down and they're like, "You have to listen to the album," they'd be like, "No, we're leaving. It's not worth the money." They're like, "So just we just guys, we want to let you know that thanks to this donation by Chad Kroger and his band Nickelback, you'll be able to have books for the year." And the kids are like. I don't give a fuck, man. I don't care about reading. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah. just get. I don't want to be a rock star. I don't want to be, you know. Get get this band. If I listen to How You Remind Me one more time, I'm gonna fucking starve myself to death. More starving than I already am. All right, let's see. Are there any other? Are there? I guess there's. I guess you know. Look, man. You too. Like they, they, well, they. I don't here's, think anybody here's what I, beats I, them. I, I'd say. All right, you too yeah. is one of the few bands in the world where I think when they come on. You tell yourself it's a U2 type of a sound, you know, yeah. and like a, a a Metallica sound can blend with something else and a, and a GNR sound can blend with something else and, and a Pearl Jam sound will blend with most of alt rock, etc. But mm -hmm. there is a U2 spaciness, reverby kind of a sound like it. Uh, U2 knows how to write a U2 song. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? No, perfect. And I don't yeah. think a, a lot of bands know how to do that. So mm -hmm. that's what I'd give them. Like if I knew nothing about Bono and I knew nothing about their charity and I'd never seen a visual of them performing live, if they came on the radio, I'd be like, that's a U2 song. You Completely. Know? And that's very hard to pull off. Would you put would you put U2 in the top five of, uh, and maybe not your favorite bands, but biggest bands of your lifetime? I No, I, I would go Rage Against the Machine, Guns N' Roses, uh, Michael Jackson, um, you can't deny it. Regardless of all the stuff behind the scenes, like his music, yeah. it was nobody. I mean, no artist of my lifetime has reached the level that Michael Jackson yeah. hit. And then, I, I mean, for me, it's like Aretha Franklin. You know, I'd go oh, wow. Aretha Franklin, like, and then I'd, I'd go, and then the Beatles. Like, that would be my 
my top five. But I'm not you saying know. your top five. I'm saying yeah. just on the level of like biggest bands in our 43 years that you've yeah. seen. I, I'm saying yeah. like, I'm saying like, for sure. I'll never, I'll never guns and roses i'll put him in the top five because when when they were big and use your illusion came out they were everywhere they were well, everywhere. i mean if you're going big big then then you that's have what to i go michael jackson okay madonna yes metallica u2 uh one more and then maybe no not even guns and roses then you have to go like hmm, i get the tricky touring yeah. the world you know at a acdc ACDC. But ACDC is before us, though. I'm talking yeah, like before. just in our like, you know, because, well, I think I think their first record came out in 79 or 19. Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston went ev- Celine Dion tours yeah. everywhere in the world. I know you that's know, another like, person I wish I would have seen live. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe those two, I think. I Listen, what I think we've come to the conclusion is, is that you two is in that in top, top five. five of, of sure. biggest bands. I don't think... This is their best record by mm-hmm. any means. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm more excited to break down Joshua Tree. I'm more excited to listen to Actung Baby. I'm glad I got to listen to this again. I don't, even though I was regretting it, I didn't hate it as much as I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, ultimately, it, it wasn't a bad listen. Like that's that's. It's not like I yeah. put it on and I was like, "Fuck this album." I started that way, and then I was like, "All right, you've got to get yourself together. <laughs> Please don't kill yourself in that in excess fucking rules." <laughs> Is there anything, anything, Jeremiah, that we missed about the record that we gotta that we should just mention before we we end this? I mean, there's so many facts. It's like, I'm so overloaded. But I mean, the I 2020 that. re-rank, I, uh, we kind of talked about that. Only two albums remain from our list, 2012, where we have five. Yeah. Um, Octung Big Baby dropped 61 spots. And Joshua Tree dropped 108 spots to number 135. So it's like in the top, what, 25 or something right now. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, Octung uh joshua tree that is you can't get actung um, baby out you can't even say it dude your, your mouth won't even baby. your your, your mouth won't a even. german woman i should be able to say octung but i can't say i know that. dude <laughs> she's from but dusseldorf the facts, there's some good stuff here uh the photograph on the album cover was taken by longtime youtube photographer anton corbin in charles de gaulle airport and that's Paris. that's the guy that anton corbin is the guy that did the joshua tree cover too and okay. he's a br- brilliant photographer brilliant director he directed that movie about joy division um you know i i think the you know some of this is whatever let me i i do like this one though because this is one of the reasons people hate you too is i don't know if you remember her is like in 2014 U2 launched their 13th studio record, Songs of Innocence, and it was released digitally on the same day to all iTunes store customers at no cost, making uh, it available. Do you I remember that? This. It, was, yeah. it was available to over 500 million people, what Apple CEO Tim Cook called the largest album release of all time. Universal, uh, I think, paid a huge sum of money for a five-week exclusivity period in which to distribute the album uh, and then they spent another hundred million dollars on a promotional campaign. People got, li- I mean, livid yeah, because it's the equivalent of saying this is a rich people only album. This is an Apple only people album. You know what I mean? Like if you have Android, you don't deserve our music. Almost, it's, it's quite a statement in that sense. Like maybe that's not why people got mad, but that that's how I would read that. 
What am yeah. I oh, I, I gotta have an iPhone. I thought about that. That's interesting. You know? Yeah. yeah. The Andro- Android people were like, you know what? Fuck you too, dude. Yeah. Fuck you too. Where's Nickelback? Come on, release something on my Android. I literally just deleted this YouTube album from my iTunes store. This it's week. still on mine. It's, it's still, still on there. mine, dude. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. you could delete it. I, I don't think I've ever listened that. to it once. Yeah. I haven't listened to it once. It's just there. Bono apologized for it. Did we talk to Phoebe Robinson about that? I'm trying to remember because she's tight with Bono. Do you know Phoebe? Uh, Ver, do you no, know man. Phoebe? Phoebe Robinson uh, is uh, she was in uh, uh, Two Dope Queens, like big podcaster, big actress now, and she's a diehard YouTube fan, and she's like become like friends with Bono. Like he's gone to her Ooh. birthday, but she has like pictures with them, and I mean, like like Jer, like no bullshit. Like they're like they're yeah. homeboys, totally. and so she can't say, and he could do nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. What I love about you is that, yeah, I love them. They're great, but you know, kind of fuck them too. Like I didn't want the album and this song Josh, sucks. I'm like, not a citizen. I'm leaving tomorrow. I have yeah. mistakes. <laughs> Dude. All right, let's, let's go. I'm going to ask you these questions. Uh, I ask okay. everybody these questions uh, and I feel like you might've answered some of them, but we still got to do it. Uh, right. What's your favorite song on this record? Uh, Elevation. Okay. I am going to say, I'm going to say uh, a beautiful day, even though it's, I've heard it a million times. All right. What's your least favorite song on the record? The, the ground beneath her feet. Yeah. We're both, we're both in, a, in yeah, agreement yeah. to that. All right. You kind yeah. of answered this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. All right. Two part question. One, could you fuck to this record? And two, if you have to pull a song off of this record to add to a sex playlist, what are you pulling off? So one, can you fuck to this? Um, I could fuck to the second half of this record. <laughs> like, I don't think yeah. I could fuck to the first half of this record. Yeah. And if I had to pull like a fuck song out, it would be Grace. I, I don't know if that's not, now you're going to tell me the song is about God or some shit like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> find out, but, wait, hold uh, on, wait, dude. No, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> oh my God, dude. The, this is, uh, it's about the biblical concept of grace commonly oh, defined as the unmerited <laughs> yeah, favor of God toward men. <laughs> it's a word I'm depending on. He goes, the universe operates by karma. We all know that for every action, there's an equal reaction. This is about the atonement built in. An eye for an I'm, eye. I'm, I apologize, <laughs> but it has a 70s groove, all right? It has a 70s baseline and a 70s groove, which makes it bangable. Sorry. Yeah, but I'm just looking at this write-up. I'm not even going to read the whole thing, but just some of the buzzwords yeah. are Christ ministry uh consequences of sin religion yep. <laughs> dude yep 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 have fun talking to that dude yeah that's that's we're very, just you know, ruining yeah. this for, for no <laughs> no we're finding out more you know what i mean we are, all we're right learning. and the last the last question uh is what would be your elevator pitch to get somebody to listen to this record uh to this record yeah it will uh it will make you want to get in your car. It'll make you want to drive around the city and it will make you think of the lowest moment in your life uh, with a smile on your face. I love that. Yeah. I would, I would say, I would say, I would say this is this year. Why not listen to one of the best, one of the biggest comeback records of all time. And I think, yeah, I think nice. like if you, it, it's like to really dig this, you should listen to just start it. If you haven't listened to YouTube, all the listeners, which I know most of you probably have just start at Joshua tree, listen to act tongue and then listen to pop and mm-hmm. then listen to this record. And then you can see 
why yeah. this suddenly, why this is on this list, why it's so important, and why U2 is one of the biggest bands in the world. Uh, dude, this was so much fun, man. I, I had a blast. I'd love to have you back. Um, but before before we go, you go, can mm-hmm. you just promote away anything you want to promote? I know you got a lot right. of shit going on. Uh, I have a new Netflix special that just dropped. It's on Netflix. It's called Virdas Landing. So please check that out. And then I'll be touring the U.S. March onwards. Uh, so you can get tickets at Virdas, which is V-I-R-D-A-S dot I-N. Uh, and you can find tickets there. Go yeah, see him, everybody. Dude, you're you're killing it. And I, I appreciate you taking time out to, I uh, see to come band. on, man. Yeah, yes, yeah, well, we got it. We got to work it out where I do a jam either in New York and LA when you're around, and then, I'll and get then on we'll, stage. we'll just figure it out. I'll text you about it, but we're going to make right. it happen, dude. It's either whether right. it's at a fucking festival or it's in one of the main cities, but we're going to make it happen. But regardless, right. dude, thank you for coming on, brother. Thank you, boys. Good to of see course, you. Of All course. Right. I'll talk to you about it. you soon. Bye. What I tell you, what I tell you, the one and only Verdas. Follow him on Instagram at Verdas and on Twitter at the Verdas. All right, new music. So you two, boom, two thousand. What do we got coming out now? We have Australian rock band Gang of Youth. You're listening to the song "In the Wake of Your Leave" off their 2020 album "Angel in Real Time." And you can find the links to the music on our website, The 500 Podcast. And if you want to hear a song, want a song that you wrote on our podcast, send it to us and we will play it. Send it to 500podcast at gmail.com. Put the album and artist that influenced you in the subject line. and We will play your song. We're trying to help you guys. We got a Bowie week. Next week, we got a Bowie week. We got a Bowie week. Aladdin Sane. It's from 1973. Do your homework. And I'll see you then. And the angels took their place. I was the loser at your funeral. And no emotion conveyed. It was torn out in vain. And the idiot I am just figured in the wake of your leave. And I'd never hear from you again. And then I say, with all this feeling, let your spirit.
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com, and I'll see you there. Next Chapter Podcasts.